This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to a brand new episode of Paranormal Dads. I'm your special guest co-host, Jesse. I'm Eddie. And I'm Andy. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries right here on Paranormal Dads. everybody after much uh drama with this cursed this could go into the museum of cursed artifacts this soundboard <laughs> this uh, we have been troubleshooting for an hour ladies and gentlemen to get this program uploaded for you we were having some tech and audio and hardware and software issues <laughs> for an hour yes you've heard of ghost in the machine yeah no this is ghosts all over this machine they're uh, up in it on it uh, so uh, Pat is taking a, a short little hiatus uh, from the show, and so we thought what a great opportunity to open up uh, having special guest hosts of paranormal personalities in our lives. And so we're going to be rotating this this spot, Pat's spot, with some amazingly cool people. Well, and it only makes sense because, as we always say, you know, we're dads first. You know, the, the podcast kind of comes second. And sometimes it's just like, you know, trying to get the stars to align to get all three of us free at the same time. So should it happen that we're scheduled to record and one of us can't make it, we're going to fill that third mic spot with a special guest host. And that'll add some variety to the show. And you know, it'll also help us to churn out episodes more regularly for everybody. So it's kind of a win-win. Welcome, Jesse. Oh, thank what we're you. Saying. Hey, okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, Jesse, real quick, a quick fun int- introduction, is one half of Tank Zombie Studios. Yes. Um, and uh, an art collective. I'm just saying, yeah, that we should tell them what that means. Yeah, exactly. We're not actually zombies or we drive tanks. Neither yeah. one of those things is those, true. Those are not true. No. Uh, but uh, yeah, you're a local artist uh, slash art teacher and mm-hmm. also podcaster. Yes. Grawlix uh, Podcast, GrawlixPodcast.com. And you also are a paranormal enthusiast. I am. I, yes. And a puppet enthusiast. Yes. Puppets too. I like too. puppets too. Yeah. yeah. Paranormal That's puppets. Nothing to do with anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know we know interesting people. That's for sure. So we're not going to be short on having uh, cool people on the show. Rotate. Get a little variety going on here. And as we always do, we start out each and every episode with a segment that we call Recent Sightings. And I'm on deck for this one, guys. Here we go. All right. All right, guys. So I got a wild hair this morning, and I hopped on to the BFRO website. Oh, the BFRO, the Big Bigfoot Field Research oh. Organization. Now we're members. I learned something this morning, <laughs> Eddie and Jesse. Ooh, I learned don't go to bfro.com. Oh, oh, <laughs> you can't. You can if you want, but so they're I, .org. They're .org. This is why you buy all of them, everybody. At least I'm you just... didn't get caught in a .net. No, if you, if you, and I, I was like, I thought their website had been hijacked. So I go to BF, BFRO.com. It's a religious extremist conspiracy theory type page. Oh, oh my. What does their acronym stand for? I don't know. Is Bigfoot even part of it? I, don't, I was so overwhelmed with all the all caps words and all the highlighted <laughs> stuff and all the red slashes and the Bible quotes. And I was like, I'm not, I'm going to go out the back door. Here. That's the classic when you walk in, like you say you signed up for a class or you went to like a cool like community center thing and you go in there, you're like, oh, and you walk in and like, you know, people are, <laughs> there's a pentagram drawn on the ground. You're like, I'm in the wrong class. So it's a Bigfoot really, oh, B, BFRO. BFRO. So Bigfoot really outrageous. Yeah. He's really <laughs> outrageous. Really That's outrageous. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, Butterfingers really or- amazing. <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh, amazing. <laughs> oh, my. Or- orgasmic. That's yeah. what I was going to go for. <laughs> Keep it from- anyway. <laughs> so I hopped on to BFRO.org. Okay. Okay. Dot org. Hey, guys, buy the dot. I guess they can't buy the dot com now. No, they can't. It's taken. Oh, well. Okay. Dot org. But alas, you know, I got on here and I, I started to look up some uh, some recent sightings in the Bigfoot 
you know, in the Bigfoot world. And, you know, they got all 50 states. Uh, they got all the report for every single sighting. So you can click on each one. You can read the details. You can read uh, what the field researcher gathered, what type of information they gathered from the eyewitnesses. And I pulled one up here. It took place this year, back in January, uh, the 22nd of January, to be specific, in the state of Ohio, Warren County in particular, if you're, okay. if you're familiar with that area. Uh, but the follow-up investigation uh, was reported by investigator Wesley Ruth. And Wesley said in this particular instance, uh, the witness stated that on Sunday, January 22nd, 2023, mm. afternoon sighting, 2.30 in the afternoon, uh, the witness was driving with his wife, daughter, and son westbound on State Route 350 near Oregonia. And we're not in Oregon. We're in Ohio, but alas. Just confusing me now. Right, too many places. In Oregon, there's an Ohio land. <laughs> Ohio land. Ohio, Ohio. <laughs> but apparently while they were coming, um, coming up on the crossing for the bike trail, he looked out the front passenger window and saw a large black figure standing on the bike trail a little distance away. And the figure was tall, consistently black in color, and it's, it was facing west, which was towards the river. Now, upon seeing the figure, the witness alerted his wife, daughter, and son, all of whom looked out the passenger side windows to the north, and they all saw the figure. Uh, the wife initially thought the figure was a person who had just come out of the woods from the east, heading west, which would have been facing the same direction that the vehicle was traveling. So the vehicle had slowed down as it approached the bike trail, but it did not stop. Uh, the sighting lasted less than 10 seconds before the figure was no longer in view. Now, there was approximately three inches of snow on the ground at the time. I mean, it's, it's Ohio in January, so yeah. what do you expect, right? Um, other than the dark figure, there was no one else walking or biking on the trail. There was no tracks of, of any type crossing the highway. And at noon on Saturday, February 4th, um, the investigator said that he, he met with the witness and his son where the sighting was, had taken place at. And the witness and his son stood along the north side of the bike trail intersection with State Route 350. Um, they walked north on the trail until the witness stated that I was near the location where the figure was standing at the time of the sighting. So this is obviously written from the perspective of the investigator. Yeah. But anyway, using a laser rangefinder, I determined the figure was standing approximately 120 yards up the bike trail from the road using colored a uh, colored shirt on a stick. How's this? How's this for high technology? We go, <laughs> we go high tech here. When we find a bigfoot, give me the colored t-shirt. You want want the stick too? <laughs> you know full well get the stick too. It's high tech around here. So he raised, get the stick. <laughs> they're balling on a budget. I and I get it. We're not we're not poking fun at the BFRO, but they had a shirt on a stick. And Listen, the investigator yeah. raised the shirt slowly until the reporting uh, witness and his son determined that the shirt was at the approximate height of the figure that they saw, and the height was approximately seven foot six inches. Ah. So we got a big boy. Yeah, you know? that's a tall one. Yeah. So Matt Moneymaker uh, wrote his um, you know, take on this account, offered his two cents, if you will. Now, Matt mm -hmm. Moneymaker, I believe, is the founder of the BFRO. He is the, right, Eddie? one of the original founders of it, yes. Right. So Matt said, a little addendum to this sighting, he said there are nine separate credible sightings within 15 miles of this location, including uh, some on the bike trail itself. Uh, there is at least one Sasquatch in that vicinity year-round, he says. And this report uh, points to something observed elsewhere in similar conditions. So while snow is actively falling and a few inches of snow have accumulated, Sasquatches seem to be much less concerned about being spotted by vehicles near a road, even in broad daylight. So uh, Matt Moneymaker speculates that Sasquatches are aware of all the tracks that they're going to leave behind in the snow, and they probably know their tracks will soon be erased if they're walking in shallow snow while the snow is still coming down, right? So with their thick fur, they can stay warm even if the snow is falling on them, provided that there's very little wind. Uh, cold wind disrupts the, uh, you know, the insulation layer. Mm -hmm. Um, but that day was cold and cloudy, but with very little wind in the river basin. And uh, more speculation is that Sasquatches probably also know um, that there will be no hikers or bicyclists on the trail while the snow is coming down. So, I mean, kind of makes sense if you think about it. Well, yeah, I mean, this is where like, in the BFRO, they're very scientific. This is where they um, they kind of come at Sasquatch from a very like almost like a hyper intelligent 
animal, air quotes, you know, the classic missing link kind of thing. Not so much the metaphysical, not even maybe even the paranormal. I mean, not saying that they there's people who don't believe that in there, but for the most part, I think it's, it's more, they're very hard fact, like the wind was here, the temperature was here, the snow depth and all that. So it makes sense if you're talking about a creature that is near intelligence to a human that it would know I'm leaving footprints, people can follow me. Blah, you know, that would make sense to me for sure. Especially if they're more intelligent than the average animal, which, you know, you can go out on a limb and just assume that they are, right? But anyway, that was report number 75464. Oh. So if you got that on your bingo card, uh, get a little stamp there. On your old Bigfoot bingo. <laughs> and that was a Class B sighting. Uh, I'm going to describe a little bit later what that actually means. And for anyone wondering, Ohio, where this sighting took place, Ohio is kind of a hotbed kind of rings in as one of the top five states as far as Bigfoot sightings. Uh, to date, 320 official reported sightings. Huh. Now, I'm going to say you can double that number if we're including uh, uh, re- uh, sightings that were not officially reported. Because a lot of people just don't want the hassle. They don't know where to go to report it. They don't want people thinking they're crazy. So they never make an official report. So that's that's the old uh, Andy mathematical... Uh, translation there so 320 might as well make it 640 because double uh, it double it yeah we've talked about this before where they're you know and not just sasquatch anything weird that you would see like how likely are you to like call somebody up and report it after you've seen it especially the police right like i done seen it (laughs) (laughs) like it's just not gonna it won't play well for you i think it's funny, though, because someone has to be the first person, right? You think about these mass sightings. I'm just going back to, like, the Phoenix Lights when they, you know, the largest large-scale mass UFO sighting in history where thousands of people called in seeing these weird, this weird black triangle, huge, flying over Phoenix, <laughs> not even with impunity. And so it's like someone had to be the first person to call that first domino of phone calls. And so I think about these things. And also, once again, you're not you know, there's rarely mass sightings of Bigfoot, but um, but yeah, calling it in is always kind of that next level. Like you would have to be like either thoroughly terrified or some motivating reason to call. I'm rarely motivated to go to work, and they'll pay me to be there. <laughs> See, <laughs> you know, and actually, come to think of it, for anyone listening, uh, Jesse Jesse's kind of a hairy guy. He got a beautiful mane yeah. of red hair here. Yeah, And, uh, you know, when you get down to the south, they call these things skunk apes. And a lot of people report Sasquatches in the south have kind of a more of a reddish tint to their fur. So I don't know. Well, if you listen to the last episode, I would be a giant. Oh, yeah. The oh, yeah, red haired. Yeah, you would be. Would you be would be. Giant. <laughs> those those red haired giants. We're all over the place. Mostly in Greece. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that it is fascinating. And I love it when sightings like this come in, like, like you said, Ohio, like people don't think that inherently when, you know, they think of Bigfoot sightings, they don't think Ohio necessarily. They don't necessarily think of the Buckeye state. Usually your go-to is the Pacific Northwest. You think Washington state, but Ohio is no slouch, man. They have more trees there than they know what to do with. Mm -hmm. It's heavily densely forested. Um, you know, especially, you know, any, even dogman sightings, you mm-hmm. get up near Columbus, Dayton, it's a hotbed for dogman or, or werewolf sightings. So, you know, if those things can thrive out there, certainly a Sasquatch could. You talk to certain Bigfoot enthusiasts and they're pretty much like all of it's Bigfoot. You know what I mean? Like, oh. <laughs> like it's like any, any sighting that's any sort of weird creature, it's Sasquatch. It's just a mis- misinterpreted Sasquatch. It's like, I saw a furry thing near a tree, and it's like, it's Bigfoot. Sasquatch. It's Bigfoot. It's Sasquatch. They're like, well, it was about the size of a squirrel, and it had a bushy tail. No, it was a little Bigfoot then. Little guy. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just like uh, a guy they know. Like, yeah. oh, that was George. That's yeah. just George. He just Come got on. big feet. He's a furry. He likes to wear a tail. So <laughs> it's, it's his thing. Don't judge him. He's eccentric. Yeah. Where are you at on the on the Sasquatch like stuff, Jesse? Like as far as like this is like the thing we haven't really like, oh, talked yeah, about like, before. I'm kind of curious. Like you're like am I a skeptic or am I? Well, a yeah. Like like where are you on the scale of like open to it? More than likely not real. Like, I think what? there's all sorts of stuff we're always finding. You know, like. uh what the most prevalent thing on the planet is bacteria so there's got to be things that we don't even know about yeah yeah and i think you know as much as we want to talk about this on podcast and speculate there's probably stuff out there that's so weird we couldn't even wrap our head around that does exist so bigfoot might be more tame compared to some of these other things well next we're going to alabama yeehaw kind of down in uh skunk skunk ape territory you know (laughs) there's a new sighting in alabama yeah 
New oh sighting, Alabama, gosh. February 21st of this year. Class A sighting. Again, I'm going to describe what that means here soon. But this was another daytime sighting. Two witnesses uh, just outside of Heflin, uh, 10 miles from the Georgia border off of I-20. How's that for being specific? I like it. Uh, February 9th, Alabama, uh, Claiborne County. The location details uh, says it was at the bottom of the woods next to the small cow pasture near our house, so said the the witness. And uh, uh, the witness said, my husband and I heard strange sounds for two nights in February of 2023 and laughed about how they sounded like the Bigfoot sounds on the TV shows. Uh, The third night at dusk, we were on our carport uh, looking into the woods that border our property in Heflin. And we saw what looked like Bigfoot peeking around a tree at us. We, so we watched it for approximately five minutes as it appeared to look at us from the left and then to the right of the tree trunk, kind of bobbing back and forth, if you can imagine that. And the lady says, I dismissed it as being a, a distortion with the trees and the wind. I turned to go uh, into the house and look back and distinctly saw what could only be a Bigfoot running away. I yelled for my husband and he also saw it running away. It had our hearts beating wildly and the hair standing up on our arms, and there was no mistaking what we saw. So, uh, the follow-up investigation was reported by BFRO investigator uh, Matthew, what, Matt Moneymaker, and uh, Matt said that he spoke with both witnesses. He said they're very credible seniors who observed this Bigfoot in daylight at a 150-foot distance for a few minutes as it peeked around the tree at them. They could not see the whole body at that point, but right as the couple was turning to walk away, like just like they said, the Bigfoot began running away. Uh, the couple said they could see the whole body as it ran back into the stand of trees. So it's not like it was just a blurry shadow. They saw arms. They saw legs. Um, both the husband and wife said the figure must have stood approximately eight feet tall, and its fur was very dark. Uh, Matt said the intriguing element is the location, which is, again, near Heflin, which is off of Interstate 20 and only a few miles from the Alabama-Georgia state line. He says this is the third credible report from that vicinity of Heflin. So it's a hotbed. And there is probably still a Bigfoot in that area, uh, Cane Creek, roughly one mile northwest of Love's Truck Stop, which is intersection of Route 46 and Interstate 20. So uh, hit us up if you are listening and you're near that neck of the woods. If any of these counties or or highways sound familiar to you, uh, get your binoculars out. Get out there. Walk through the woods. Tell us what you find. And uh, just in case you're wondering, Alabama, no slouch either in the Bigfoot official sightings department. We have 102 official reports, but uh, correcting for our scale. uh, 204. 204. Give or take. Now, uh Real quick, I just want to touch, because I've always wondered this myself, and I finally did the research. So they have these sightings on the BFRO broken down into three classes, Class A, B, and C. So a Class A report involves clear sightings in circumstances where misinterpretation or misidentification of other animals can be ruled out with greater confidence. So, for example, if there's several footprint cases that are very well documented, uh, these are considered Class A reports because misidentification of common animals can be confidently ruled out. Thus, the potential for misinterpretation is really low, okay? Class B sighting uh, would be incidents where a possible Sasquatch was observed at a great distance or in poor lighting conditions, and incidents in any other circumstance that did not afford a clear view of the subject are considered to be Class B. So again, the sighting in Alabama was Class A because they got a clear look at it, okay? Um, But again, Class B... You know, for example, would be credible reports where nothing was seen really, but distinct and characteristic sounds of a Sasquatch may have been heard. Uh, These would be in the Class B uh, classification. Um, Let's see. uh, Class, and by the way, Class B reports are not considered less credible or less important than Class A reports. Both types are deemed credible enough by the BFRO to show to the public. Um, but it's just how they kind of distinguish the two. And they don't get a snack during the flight either. <laughs> no snack. No. no snack for you. No. But the Alabama sighting made me wonder, like, it's so close to a Love's truck stop. Like, what kind of roller food does Bigfoot like? Is it? Is he going to go for the egg rolls? Is he going to go for, like, a roller hot dog? <laughs> I think so. He's walking out with some, he's walking out with some Slim Jims. Slim Jims, yeah. <laughs> the, well, the Jack Links. He's walking out with, like, an armload of those. The chili dog. Well, he's in those uh, commercials, right? The right. Jack Link commercials. Yeah. Right. The one yeah. where he put his hand in the warm water. That's my favorite. One. 
Or he discovers a, a Casey's instead of a Love's, and he's like, oh. man, this pizza, nothing's going to top this pizza. <laughs> Breakfast yeah, he, pizza all day. He switches over. <laughs> and then last but not least, we have a Class C sighting. Now, basically, these are secondhand reports, third-hand reports passed down through a friend of a friend or a multi-generation. You know, my great-great-great-grandpappy shot one. Stole his cow, stole his dog too. That's the I done seen it category. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I done. They should just change it to I done seen it. Yeah. <laughs> the C should be seen it. <laughs> ah, see go, like Jeff. the letter. <laughs> on that flight, you got to hold your luggage on your lap. <laughs> they don't even care. It's like, not even whatever. carry on. There's no overhead bin. That behavior sounds like the phenomenon because I'm doing your your boy Eddie's doing a deep dive into like folklore and like paranormal creatures that are kind of uncommon. And one of the ones I came across, and you guys may have heard of this. Stop me if you've heard of this guy. It's called the the hide behind. Kind of scary sounding. Look at Jesse's face already. No. <laughs> nope. And it's the hide behind is this phenomenon of walking through the forest, and they'll see this dark figure hiding behind trees. And then they'll look at it, and it'll quick, like, whoop, go behind. And then you start to walk again, and you see its little, its profile pop back out again, and it tends to follow you. And the hide behind... Uh, I get goosebumps, is more seen as a spirit, a dark entity, if you will, that can basically drive a person to the point of just panic and terror in the forest. And so uh, that that whole like peekaboo kind of behavior is very hide behindy in a way. So. Sweet. That's not going to give me <laughs> nightmares at all. Jesse's looking, literally looking, looking over his shoulder. <laughs> I, I did. I did. It's I did. called the hide behind. It was just an exercise bike. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to. It's not going to no. follow you yet. No. It, it, it's, it's stationary. Because that's why I call it a stationary bike. Yeah. It can't. It can't hide behind <laughs> trees and look at you. No. 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 Can it? No, it didn't. It didn't move. Okay, good. Yeah, the BFRO. That was the organization that we, uh, Andy, Pat, and I went on the Bigfoot expedition with, and had a fairly crazy amount of experiences uh, out there. No full sightings, I would say, but certainly a lot of auditory phenomenon. Had the truck hit. Remember that? Our, the truck our... hit. We we actually heard a Bigfoot call out out on a ridge. Yeah. Uh, un unquestionably i mean i've never heard anything like it and as soon as that howl went off the coyotes started going nuts but yeah we had some kind of uh i don't know what you would call that um i guess technically it would be a class b right it'd be a b right because you couldn't verify what it was per se although like that howl was interesting because this first howl comes off and you're like i've never heard anything like that in my life and it Mm -hmm. does send a little bit of a weird chill up your spine and then after that, like you just said, the coyotes kicked in. And then you're like, okay, I, I you know, I know what that is. And coyotes do sound weird. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, Jesse grew up in the middle of nowhere. He knows. <laughs> yeah. But they did they sound odd. Yeah. But um, the howl that we heard was very primate ish, oh, you know. Weird. And a lot of spooning went on on that trip. <laughs> Listen, we were cold. <laughs> you know, we we got a cabin that had two beds and, and uh two. I was a jerk and stole one and then uh, Eddie and Pat had to spoon in the other for the duration <laughs> of the trip. Two beds and three paranormal dads. <laughs> <laughs> And you thought you were bringing the spoons to play the spoons. <laughs> we weren't playing spoons. It was a great trip. But yeah, the BFRO, uh, it was a great trip. Uh, certainly some amazingly cool, unique people we met and the uh, experiences I won't forget. But yeah, it's a cool thing. You should check out the website for real. It's uh, bfro.org. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you need some Jesus in your life, then do dot com. Well, some, yeah, there's yeah. that. Uh, hey, with that, I guess we'll move into uh, pop culture and the paranormal, and uh, that's uh, that's my turn this time, guys. It's time for pop culture and the paranormal. So I just got out. If anybody knows me at all, if you know me at all, you know I enjoy a good sci-fi movie. I was going to say you have a fanny pack knife. I do. That was a surprise to you guys. That was, yeah. Andy was like, "You have a knife in your fanny pack." <laughs> he just whips like he just whips it out, and I'm like, "Who has a knife in their fanny pack?" And then he lost it yeah. after cutting open a couple packages. He couldn't find his knife, and we, yeah. it was it was blade up, laying on the floor next to his foot, next to his bare feet. Safety second, kids. That's what I say. <laughs> Is it considered a class A sighting if you see Eddie's severed toe on the floor? <laughs> is it is it a class A when the knife is just sticking out of my foot? <laughs> Ouch. Uh, so anyway, I'm a big fan of the science fiction. I just got out of the, the recent Guardians of the Galaxy 3 movie, the final chapter, at least into this 
iteration, if you will, of the Guardians of the Galaxy. If you like Marvel movies, if you like Guardians, my suggestion, two big paranormal thumbs up. (laughs) One ghost, one chupacabra. (laughs) Get down there, check it out. But in the movie, small spoiler, a little spoiler. Uh Uh-oh. There's a a planet or a planetoid that is made out of flesh. Oh, I knew it. You've ruined the movie. (laughs) And it was grown. They're like, this planet was grown. It was like organically grown. Mm. And they're like jumping up and down on it. And it's like, you know, squishy. And they're like, ew. And it's Andy's face right now. I know. But I'm looking at this planet and I'm like, how bonkers and quirky is this? That they have a whole planet that's got like, you can see like imperfections. It's got freckles. It's got like hairs that's sticking out of it. Like, <laughs> Are you saying that freckles are imperfections? <laughs> Jesse's covered in freckles. <laughs> I am too. Um, perfectly imperfect. One, uh, right. one would okay. say. Okay. And so it got my brain thinking like, that's a weird planet. What would be more fun? Oh, and also, I also read an article recently about the James Webb Telescope. Uh, discovering not only new planets, but also entirely new galaxies that we thought we would find, quote-unquote, baby galaxies. Little baby galaxies, Jesse. They're so cute. Yeah, just crawling around. Until they grow up. Until they they become teenager galaxies and they're giant pain in the butt. (laughs) Um, You're not even my real dad. (laughs) Listen up, galaxy. You better listen up right now. (laughs) Who who else is going to be at this party? There better not be any black holes in that party. (laughs) Exactly. There ain't nebula in that party. I'm best friends. My nebula's best friend. If I see a quasar or pulsar trying to get you to do bad things and peer pressure. I'm calling black holes mom right now. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, I thought how fun that this crazy uh, story does these, you know, weird planets and how fun would it be to to do a deep dive into weird or iconic iconic planets planets in science fiction. science fiction. So here we go, everybody. And I would encourage listeners, if you have some planets that are your favorite planets and some stories or, or, or movies you've seen, send them our way. Help us out here. Um, one of them, I'll just go right out of the gate, is Krypton. Home planet of Superman. Destroyed from the planet's own hubris and environmental abuse. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really plan it out. Oh, That's bad. There it is. <laughs> we should have warned people about the puns. <laughs> The puns are coming. Hey, they, they, you know, they know what they know what to expect. Bad dad jokes by now. Right. Oh. You, you got to plan for it. Uh, second planet, by the way, from the uh, hit series for me, uh, Transformers, a planet entirely made of, of of cybernetic and robotic life, Cybertron. Robot fish, they're they're swimming around. Oh yeah, yeah. Sharktacon. Yeah, you got robot birds flying around in the yeah. sky. That classic 1986 animated transformers movie opens up with a whole robot society like going to robot school and going to robot work doing their things just what it is we have enough hardware up in this uh studio right now we almost look like a cybernetic world this don't is we? Cybertron there's right cords here. everywhere there are a lot of cords it looks like some cybernetic octopus just got all its tentacles severed and just like landed on our room i can't leave this place now i'm stuck <laughs> Uh, third planet that was on my list, at least, was the planet, if you're any sort of real uh, literary uh, nerds out there or sci-fi fans, Dune, the planet Arrakis. Oh. Ooh, look at Jesse. He nodded on that one. Yeah. Arrakis, Sandy. Uh, Andy, Sandy. <laughs> that was a, entirely made of sand. Huh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I get it. Your brain had a little hiccup there. I did. Uh, you can call me Sandy. Maybe that was my name in a past life. Sandy. Ooh, Ooh, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> Would you do your Harry Carry again? <laughs> Hi, everybody. What would you do if the moon were made out of spare ribs? Would you eat it? It's not rocket science. Just say yes and we'll move on. <laughs> there it is. I can't work under these conditions. <laughs> so the planet Arrakis from Dune, completely made of sand, just like Tatooine from Star Wars. Tatooine, Arrakis, what are you going to do? They both got giant weird worms under the sand, yeah. too. Although on Tatooine, you can't be riding them around. Yeah. They just kind of hang out there. They're stuck. Yeah. Sarlacking any mobile oh, capacity. Yeah. The Sarlacc pit. That kind of reminds me of the Mongolian death worm, which we've yet to cover on the show. Yes. A little lesser known cryptid. Give, give the death worm a shout out there. We do need to talk about the death worm at some point in time. Um, also, a planet that is of note would be uh, Pandora oh, from the recent. Yeah. Uh, Andy, a big fan of. Oh, Avid. You had me at, at uh, yeah. Pandora, man. Avatar, one of my favorite movies. Uh, the second one blew my mind. 
But they, they take it to the next level because, like we were talking before uh, our audio equipment started working <laughs> prior to recording. Thank you. We were talking about how in most you know most worlds from movies you you only get one biome. Like yeah. the whole planet is desert, or the whole yeah. planet is lush, like uh, where the Ewoks live on that that what's that planet? Uh, moon of Endor, yes, Endor. <laughs> but Avatar took it to the next level because they, you know, the first one was in the forest, and the second one's primarily a water world, so they're kind of mixing it up a little bit. Yeah, it it is fun. I mean, it's showing off some biodiversity uh, for sure. You know, on, on that one, um, a fun one for me, being a big Star Trek fan, uh, the Genesis planet. Also, that's the only band they'll play. <laughs> oh. That's it. That whole planet's got an invisible yeah. touch. <laughs> they can't dance. Oh, that's true. It's against the law there. Yeah. <laughs> but, Jesus, he told me. Oh, that's true. Uh, so uh, on the Genesis planet, basically they find a dead planet, and they, they launch the Genesis device onto this planet, and it basically kickstarts a dead planet into life again. And so it basically resurrects a planet, hence the name. And uh, the plot in that was that Spock's dead body was put on the planet. And, oh, he got caught up in that Genesis wave. And now Spock is back because we can't kill a good guy like Spock in the stories. But, uh, yeah, there's another uh, interesting planet for you to look into for some science fiction fun. Um, uh, Before I continue, any planets on your guys's? Mind that I start talking about interesting planets that pop out to you at all? Well, you know, as we talk about this, you know, one thing comes to mind is is just, you know, and I've had this conversation with my daughter. You know, we, do, we just drive and we have the best conversations when we're driving. Just turn off the radio and get deep for a second. And she's only eight, but Sky's like me. She's a daydreamer. And sometimes we talk about, like, what's the craziest planet you can imagine? And I t- tell her... You know, whatever you can imagine, there's probably actually a planet out there like that. You know, watching some of these documentaries on uh, National Geographic or, or, you know, History Channel, Discovery Channel, I've seen some documentaries where they've actually found planets where, you know, they can use their fancy telescopes and equipment. There's planets made of entirely diamond. Diamond. Diamond mountains, diamond everything. There's planets that are completely water. There's planets that are completely ice. Uh, In fact, there's a planet out there where the... The lighting conditions are just so that the, with the photosynthesis and all that type of thing, the the, the plants and the trees and the flowers and if, if the place had uh, flora, it would all be black. You know, oh, can wow. you imagine black flower, black trees? You know, and they they can't prove this, but according to the makeup and chemistry of the planet, there would be no green. It would everything would be black. Oh. Wow. Colorblind people would rule the world. I know. It'd be like, color means nothing here. <laughs> I am a king. Color becomes currency. Oh, yeah, it oh, does. Yeah. Although, you, yeah, you couldn't even see it. It'd be like here. Like, we can't see infrared. But it is, it's paranormal. I mean, there's planets out there where it rains shards of broken glass. Yeah. You know, yeah, literally. Glass rain. Yeah, there's, there's, there's planets where the sky's on fire. There's planets where they have like three moons and four sunsets. I mean, if you can imagine it, it probably exists out there. I mean, in our own solar system, doesn't like Neptune have like uh, like like ammonia rain or something like that? Like they have like whole o- oceans of methane. It's like, okay, <laughs> I don't want to do that. That sounds like not fun. Uh, my brain went to Third Earth from Thundercats. I mean, a lot of a lot of great planets in in cartoons. Um, also, Doctor Who planets like Gallifrey and uh, Scarrow, where the Daleks come from. Those are the exterminate robots. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, and it's funny you go there, too, because we talked about it briefly, but with Star Wars, it seems like they don't really lean into biodiversity. Like each planet is a, is a thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hoth, snow planet, Dagobah, swamp planet. Uh, uh, wherever Cloud City is, it's just like, I don't uh, know. Are there is there even land there? I don't uh, know. Coruscant. Oh, that's yeah. what it is. Is a city, city planet. planet. Yeah. They said the whole planet is a city. And part of me is like, that's cool. On the other hand, is how come on the Star Wars' planets there's no biodiversity at all? No. You want swamps? Go to a different planet. Yeah. <laughs> Get off. You, Get. Bar- you barely have more than one town. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to go to Mos Eisley. Uh, Tatooine has got like two, maybe three towns. That's the hardest part, I think, about science fiction, too, is like when you write science fiction, you're like, man, listen, I'm going to have a culture like Vulcan, even like you land. It's like a giant volcano everywhere you go. You're like, this planet stinks. This is an illogical place to be. I would leave. Yeah, exactly. Uh, One that jumps out to me uh, was the ring world in um, um, the Halo video games, but it was inspired by the book Ring World. And it was an actual planet that was designed, was built by engineers, by super high-tech engineers, and the entire planet was a ring. 
it wasn't a, a sphere. It was an actual like, like ring. Well, I mean, that people theorize that you know, if we we could build like a, a interstellar space ship, it, you know, it might be circular. You know, spin it around to form artificial gravity so that we could live on, you know, for the trip. Yes. Uh, but Ring World, not to be confused with Ring Worm. That's a whole different you thing. You don't want yeah, that. No. Ring World sounds interesting. Ring World sound, Ring Worm sounds painful. Yeah, that, that place Wash is pretty itchy. Yeah. I didn't realize this. This just shows you how much of a... I'm still learning about things like Lord of the Rings. Oh. That Middle Earth is not set on the planet Earth. Huh. It's its own planet. Why Why would they call it themselves? <laughs> They're very mid. And we're like, yeah. we just call ourselves Middle Earth. Yeah. It's uh, the planet is called Arda, A R D A. That huh. that the entire stories of Middle Earth that all that happens on it's on a planet called Arda. It's not Earth. One that I'm surprised you didn't bring up. Uh, going back to Guardians of the Galaxy, he may have been your father, but he he wasn't your daddy. Ego, the living planet. Ego, the living planet. I'm glad you went yeah. there because that was in my brain, but I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't going there. Uh, also played by Kurt Russell. Yeah, I was gonna say Kurt Russell is a planet who's also Santa Claus depending on what you watch. But yeah, Ego the Living Planet out of Marvel Comics yeah. into the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, movie, which was a really good one. I liked that one quite a bit too. Anyway, uh, crazy planets uh, in sci-fi. There's, uh, do you have any one more little little honorable mention, Andy, in there, in that brain house? You know, I movie facts don't stick to my brain quite as well as with you guys, but, you know, again, my imagination just runs wild with what types of planets and, and what types of moons could be out there and, now that we're getting uh, more and more advanced technology, maybe it's only a matter of time before we can travel there or send a probe there. Uh, they they found uh, Gliace, uh, these these exoplanets, Gliace. Uh, there's a couple of them, but they're kind of in that Goldilocks zone, mm -hmm. you know, maybe being Earth Earth-like or habitable. So maybe we won't see it happen in our lifetime, but maybe our kids or grandkids will be fortunate enough to you know set foot on one of these crazy worlds. Yeah. Do you just see any? any Honorable. Uh, I mean, uh, Mars seems to have all sorts of stuff if you go into fiction. That and, uh, like you said, uh, Earth can be Waterworld sometimes. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> Earth was one of them because all these. Uh, my thing too was, uh, lastly, was uh, ET's home planet. I don't remember the name yeah, they gave it, but if you remember the opening scenes in that movie, they show a little glimpse of his oh, planet, yeah, and it's this crazy like hyperflora, weird like flowers flying around, kind of Pandora-ish almost in a lot of ways. And so, uh, to oh, me, oh, you know who we forgot? Who do we forget? See? Eternia. Eternia. How do we forget about He Man's home planet? You especially Eddie. not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah, yeah. Overrated. Fake, fake fan. Um, yeah. Whole planet, center of magic in the whole universe. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, John John Carter of Mars? There you go. I love yeah. that story it so was, much. That yeah. it did not get the credit it deserved. I'm that, telling that you. Movie. Is that was that what it was called, or yeah. is that what the book was called? Uh, well, the book is a Princess of Mars, and okay. and then they kind of redid the title quite a bit. But it was a Princess of Mars, and then there was a series of Warlords of Mars. John John Carter of Mars was one of those book series. But yeah, Edgar Rice Burroughs did a ton of those Mars books. Um, I think right after or right before Tarzan. I'm not sure which how that falls into place, but but yeah, that that movie and those books actually don't get quite the credit they deserve in a way. I think the movie was phenomenal, very Star Wars like, oh. and uh, it, it's just, it was just really well done. I mean, that the fight that takes place in the arena with that giant monster mm. and it kind of reminded me of the ra Rancor. Oh yeah, the Rancor Star, from yeah. Star Wars. Look yeah. at Andy. Andy's been, see, he's like, I don't have movie facts. Oh wait, I do. I mean, you're just buried underneath you know layers of things that I. You know, thought I forgot. A bit of due dates on bills. Ew. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, with all that, I think we're going to move into our main mystery. And Jesse's uh, taking the baton and going to bring us down the home stretch. And that's one of the perks and treats of being a special guest co-host. So here we go. Speaking of batons, I'm going to take our baton back to Ohio. And now it's time for the main mystery. <laughs> All right, so uh, I was thrilled to uh, to come up with a cryptid that you guys haven't done yet. Yeah, we haven't had this at all. I think we may have mentioned it once, maybe. I don't maybe. know. We maybe. definitely haven't covered it in any thorough capacity. All right. Well, um, so one of the one of the reasons I definitely needed to do this one is that um, it's it's the Loveland. I'm burying the lead. The Loveland Frogman, God. and uh, like 
basically looking at images of him, it just ignited my curiosity and my imagination because uh, there is a great uh, company called Monsterologists. I love Monsterologists, right? yes. Okay, and they do these travel patches for you know cryptids and, and interesting locations, paranormal locations. And so there's the Loveland Frogman on a patch, and it's just this little frog guy that has a wand, and I had to know what that was. And uh, so doing a little bit of the research, uh, I, I found out what that meant. But I thought it was uniquely uh, appropriate that I brought them to you, this to you, because uh, I think this is the first cryptid that legitimately has a glow stick. Yeah. Oh, he oh, does. Glow stick. <laughs> Get it. Yeah. Looks like a scepter. He looks like he's going to bop somebody on the head with that thing. That's right. Are you? I'm looking up photos of this guy captured. Have you seen this? Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll get there. Okay. I'm going to put this <laughs> down. I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to get a little. Sneaky. No, yeah, that, those are fun. And those are the images you'll find of him. Yeah. Okay. So uh, nestled in the northeastern outskirts of Cincinnati, Ohio, is the suburban town of Loveland. And uh, it has a rich history uh, for being a bustling railroad town. Uh, the Little Miami River, which is a tributary of the Ohio River, flows gracefully through the heart of Loveland. Ooh. Yeah, gracefully. Because the first thing that I thought was um, Ohio may be known for its trees. It may be known for its Bigfoots. It may be known for a lot of other things. But when I think of a frogman, I think of... Maybe down south. Yeah, I would. You know? like, like the bayou. Yeah. Seems like you'd see a lot more frog people there. Louisiana right? frogman. But no, uh, there is a there's the river that runs through Loveland, and this is the hot spot where you're going to find yourself a frogman. So despite its peaceful charm, Loveland is also the home to a curious local legend that captivated the imaginations of many over the years, known as the Loveland Frog. This mysterious cryptid has fascinated both locals and visitors alike, leaving them questioning whether the cre the creature is fact or fiction. Huh. So this so uh, what's the story here? Okay, so there's uh, a couple of sightings and the main one comes from 1955. Yes. And uh I it was a, I, lo I love a good 50s sighting. Oh, yes. Simpler yeah. times. I mean, cue the the diner music now, right? Just yeah. Oh man. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, that brings me to uh, Back to the Future. I, like, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> exactly. That's so, what I was thinking, McFly, too. McFly, I told you never to come in here. Exactly. I'm picturing the enchantment under the sea dance. Yes. Andy's there just snapping his fingers. Mr. Sandman. What are you, yellow? <laughs> what does he call him, <laughs> yellow belly? Or? Yeah. <laughs> that was in three. Or was it chicken? Did yeah, he call chicken. him chicken? Chicken. You'll be, branded, you'll be branded a chicken for the rest of your days. It's like, I can't be that. Mr. Frogman, <laughs> bring me a dream. So uh, in 1955, an unnamed businessman. Oh, is unnamed. Yeah, I know. Uh, driving along an unnamed road. What? <laughs> it's getting better and better, isn't it? In Loveland, Ohio, reportedly saw three frog-like creatures standing on their hind legs with webbed hands and feet. The creatures had leathery skin, no hair, and the head and face of a frog. So they had like eyes kind of bulging out of the top of their head. Uh, the man watched them converse for about three minutes, but fled after one of the creatures fired a spray of sparks from a wand above its head. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, glow stick, glow stick. For sure. 19, glow stick. Can you imagine a rave in the 50s? Whoa. Oh, man. Frogman rave in the 50s. That's the party. Ahead he, of their time. He yeah. ran into three of the mutant turtles, it sounds like. He's like, <laughs> did they say dude a lot? <laughs> Let the bass drop. <laughs> they were really into hip hop. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh yeah. You know, I had to jump on that. Oh, oh no. Uh, yes. On to the next leg of our story. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a, so there's about three different versions of uh, this particular uh, sighting story. And so, like, it, it very the location of the creatures varies. The number of the creatures kind of varies. Is it on the bridge, under the bridge, on the side of the road? So the exact date and location of the sighting remains unknown, and the businessman's report of the events is unclear. This is a grade C on the BFRO. This is starting to get into like urban legend territory. It kind of is. However, um, 
I think in some instances when the when the reporter or when the excuse me when the witness wants to remain anonymous sometimes that can actually lend credibility to the case right like here's what happened here's what I saw I want my name to be left out of it for the sake of my reputation because yeah. if the person was fabricating for the sake of gaining attention they would want their name attached right you know yeah, so that makes sense. It, but it does kind of make you wonder okay they, they didn't know it's what road it was either okay well that's yeah. a little weird but doesn't make it doesn't mean it didn't happen it just leaves us with questions right you know? yeah so this is just like the first time that um it's mentioned and then in 1972 probably the most credible of the uh i love a good three ones is uh, a police officer named ray shockey oh claimed to have an encounter with a creature while driving on riverside drive into loveland ohio uh and uh, it's not in my notes right here but i believe this was more in the winter time and so he's driving slowly uh, so as not to, you know, get into an accident, that kind of thing. And uh, the creature is described as being three to four foot tall, weighing around 50 to 75 pounds and had leathery skin like a frog or a lizard. It crouched like a frog, but then stood erect and stared at Officer Shockey before climbing over the grave uh, guardrail and disappearing. Whoa. So, um, and you'd think maybe that's, you know, that's the end of it, right? He reports this and yeah. everybody thinks he's crazy, that kind of thing. You lose your job here, Shockey. It's the third <laughs> time you've reported it. What him. a great name for an officer. <laughs> officer Shockey. I know. <laughs> uh, so, two, but then two weeks later, so we're talking about the same time of year, uh, another officer named Mark Matthews claims to have encountered the same creature and even shot at it. But oh, then, man. See, why be yeah. shooting at the frog man for no reason? <laughs> that's that's what I thought. It's like, uh, so it, what was it doing that you needed to pull your firearm, officer? That's some 70s justice right there. You're like, right. you look different. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> um, he later changed his story to say that he saw a large lizard. Uh, Matthews claimed that he only did this. No, he only said that he saw the same creature to support Officer Shockey's story, which was not being taken very seriously. He also claimed it shot first. <laughs> he really did. He really did. Yeah. It's a shootout at the OK Corral. Uh, actually, the, he had a gun too, and he shot me first. Um, and you know, like there's different. This this one also seems to have different retellings. You know, just like the telephone game, depending on where you go on the internet or or um, which sites you you peruse. Yeah. Uh, there are versions of the story where he got where he got the uh, the creature, and basically. Um, had it and showed it to Shockey and Shockey's like, yeah, that's it. That's the, that's what I saw. Um, and so um, he, he later um, changed his story to say that it was a large lizard. And so uh, it sounded more like it was an iguana in this case. Um, but that, that begs the question, like iguanas don't live in Ohio. So they don't stand up four foot tall. That, that too. Right. It almost makes me wonder, you know, when I've heard, you know, bits and pieces of this story is it extraterrestrial you know if it's not if it's not cryptid like if this event really did happen and it's not a cryptid creature in the wheelhouse of bigfoot or chupacabra could it be extraterrestrial because you know you get into that territory and well beings from another planet might be reptilian they might be amphibious looking they might be eight foot tall and slender with long blonde hair like the nordics you know they could be anything it could be the greys you know, and it's kind of funny because you think of a gray, you know, that's classical, iconic mm-hmm. alien, big head, big bulbous eyes. Maybe that's what they saw. Right. And they, they mistook the big eyes uh, to be more, and big head to be more like frog-like. I, yeah. I, I don't know. We can only speculate. Yeah. What it makes you wonder about things like other dimensions and um, the veil being thin enough where creatures maybe could pass in and out, you know. And uh, that makes me think of like Slee Stack in, uh, was it Lands of the Lost? Yeah. Oh yeah, those um, those lizard creatures. Yeah, yeah, or the Gorn on old Star, Star Trek. Trek. You know those kinds of things. Um, yeah. So the last one, um, and it's it was, it was. Uh, well, I don't want to bury the lead on that, um, or I do want to bury the lead on do that. It. Um, in 2016, there were these uh, these boys were um, looking for. I don't know what they were doing. They were out. They were being boys. They were teenage boys being boys. <laughs> they were trying to take a stick and break it against a tree to make smaller sticks. See, <laughs> you know that's that's important. These sticks are too big. I know, right? <laughs> so they're out and about in the middle of the night. I'm a stick and, uh, reduction technician. <laughs> <laughs> they're out and about, and they see they see what you what you were looking at on the internet, and they they see this this creature coming from out of the uh, out of the water, 
and um, they they get video footage of it. Um, come to find out, though, that it was actually another teenager that was um, bas- basically perpetrating a hoax. Okay. And so it's unclear whether or not the original two teenagers that had the sighting were in on the hoax or not. You know, they may have been. It may the whole thing may have been made up whole cloth. But that one, that sighting was in 2016 and was um, debunked. Man, that makes me sad when you like you find out it was a hoax. You're like, oh, why? And you why have to be careful it? because depending on the hoax you're trying to pull, I mean, if you put on a Sasquatch outfit and walk through the Ohio woods, you might get shot. Uh, dude number two, not Shocky. What was the other guy's name? Uh, Mark Matthews. Oh, trigger finger Mark Matthews. <laughs> Go put a couple in <laughs> your real quick. Officer Matthews. Uh, you'd be like, we're going to need to see you in the office, please. Yeah. He's like, well, I like my frogman with holes in them. <laughs> bang, bang. Shoot first and ask questions second, right? Oh, man. I do love the idea of like the veil thinning. I, I do wonder about that. I still, to this day, when we see things like, uh, Jesse's going to get triggered here. When we see like garden gnomes walking oh, around. He doesn't like garden here gnomes. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, you see these creatures that have no reason to exist on this planet. And then maybe they are showing up in folklore and all these things. And I do wonder about dimensional shifting and portals and things making their ways th- their way through sometimes. And it just, I don't know. It, it almost sounds like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, as far as like being skeptical about uh, the Frogman, there's there's very little to go on with the 1950s. Um, and one of the things that they kind of harken back to is like the creature of the Black Lagoon came out in 1954. So oh. 1955, it's like, okay, well, our imagination is already ignited. So sure. maybe this helps lend people to see what they want to see in terms of that. Um Another thing that came up in in what I was looking at was that the the Shawnee tribe told of a mythological beast called the Shawnahook or river demons as a possible explanation for the sightings. River demons. So that was Andy's uh, high school diving team name. (laughs) The the number one thing that people kind of. think about is a uh, mange and how mange can change the look of a creature. And so uh, someone was even talking about like a, a bear with mange, like you should look up a bear with mange and it doesn't look anything like a bear at that point. So. Yeah. Yeah. They have, they have no hair. They look very like, just yeah. like almost pig like in a weird way. Like I get that. And you don't want to necessarily just go straight to, you know, it's like you guys go right. straight to ghosts and <laughs> it's like, yes, I mean, but I don't know. When you see something, sometimes you got to believe witnesses. I've said this a million times. It's like, I, I love how the first thing we do is be like, well, you don't know what you saw. <laughs> it's like, right. okay, I don't know what I saw. You know, the, the dimensions, uh, dimension hopping, portals open up. Are these creatures coming in from another place, another time, another, you know, reality? I once heard somebody describe it in a really articulate way. It was a documentary I was watching, and this person was talking about you know, what if each dimension or reality is basically a floor of a hotel, right? And you have an elevator that goes between multiple levels. So what if sometimes creatures like a, like a frogman or a Bigfoot or a chupacabra or a Loch Ness monster or a garden gnome? Sorry, Jesse. Oh. What if they get off on the wrong floor intentionally or unintentionally? Like that door opens. They're in our reality. They, they take a few steps out. They look around and they're like, oh, shoot, I'm in the wrong I'm in the wrong place. I need to go up to floor number three. This is floor number two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wrong quit room. creeping out my neighbors. <laughs> so what about this picture that you've seen online, Jesse, with this thing like hanging out in the lake just looking? Do they think that, that might be a hoax? or? What? Yeah, that it was a kid like in a suit, like in a frog suit kind of thing. Oh, yeah. what a wicked pisser that is. <laughs> yeah, it's a great photo. I, I wish it was real. Yeah, it it eyes uh, are very eyes are very clear, but yeah. very shiny. It uh, uh, a couple of the other um, uh, tellings also made it sound less like a less like a wand. Like some of the tellings said that it was like a metal cylinder type of wand, and then others were like, it's basically like a club that he was carrying around, and and so that made me think of like barbarian frogmen, like the bullywugs in the old D and D cartoon. Oh you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> Not particularly smart. Um, oh, uh, in the uh, in the seventies sighting, uh, Mark Matthews went out there, or they they went out to the site and they did find like claw marks in the guardrail. So there was evidence that something had scrambled over the side of the guardrail. 
Man. Frogs with claws. You know, I'm thinking that wand of the scepter, maybe it was a cane. Maybe it was a, you know, put a top hat and a monocle on this guy, and he's a fancy frog. Maybe he's a podcaster, and it was actually a mic that works. Oh. (laughs) We need to have him on the show. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, your microphone. (laughs) It's your switchboard. (laughs) Darn it. You gotta be a critic, frog man. Everybody, <laughs> everyone's a critic. His little waterproof headphones on. He's just nodding slowly. <laughs> Your audio is terrible. Um, I love this because a like we've not heard. Of, I haven't heard of this before, and and but it does it does go into that. It kind of starts to bleed into urban legend. But I love a good urban legend. I love it, and I just think that sometimes, especially these things like a guy saw it. I mean, he felt. I mean, Mr. Shockey, especially, yeah. I kind of admire that he didn't try to shoot it. He's a cop, you said, right. too, right? Yeah. He had a yeah. gun. He could have easily started. Um, and that he did report it. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't going to sit on this. And I just think sometimes you want to, you do kind of want to believe people, I think. I don't know. That's just me. Like, I don't know. Well, if we've learned nothing from today's episode, it's, uh, you know, excuse me, if we've learned anything from this show, it's that Ohio is a weird place. <laughs> yeah, really. Weirder than I thought. Yeah. Sasquatch, Frogman, Dogman. Dogman. And not only that, but Ohio rings in in the top five states for uh, UFO sightings, too, I believe. So there's a have, portal in Ohio. Yeah, there's a I'm portal in Ohio. You get Cincinnati, Dayton. And actually, you know, I was doing some preliminary research about possibly rounding up some of the troops and going up there this fall to mm. poke around and see if we can find any paranormal activity. But uh, the, the the Little Miami River, the Big Miami River between Dayton, Cincinnati, that whole area is a hotbed of paranormal activity. You All have right. everything going on up there. Put a pen in it. We're going to do it. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah. Cincinnati, here we come. And it's kind of drivable from where we are. It's it's a haul, but it's doable. It's like it's an eight-hour. 10 to 12-ish, uh, depending on how many times I have to pee. It's just a hop, skip, and a jump. See, you stick around. You're just going to get <laughs> punished. <laughs> there you go. Oh, <laughs> See, I know. It was, okay, yeah. Jesse, you've done that one before. Yeah, you don't been get there. To... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. I think we have exceeded our dad joke quota for the day. With, with... <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, with all that, first of all, thank you, Jesse, for joining us today as a special guest. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Uh, and thank you for listening to this brand new episode. Uh, please be sure to like, follow, and share. Tell your friends about us. Just have a fun time. We recently hit a milestone on our downloads. We're super excited about that, and we can't wait to keep going. And, uh, yeah, please uh, help us grow. Share the paranormal love. You're being modest, Eddie. I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. We reached 100,000 downloads. I'm pretty excited Woo. about that. We're yeah. at 100.6 Congratulations. now. Yeah. Next stop, a million, right? I mean, one one download at a time, everybody. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, the more you share our show, the more we can do stuff. And hopefully we have, like we said, like Andy said, we have plans to go off and do some more field research. We'd love to do some, like, pre, uh, some live podcasts even at some point in your hometown. That would even be a fun thing to do, too. And if you're near uh, Dayton or Cincinnati and you would like to host us in your basement on our trip, let us know. Eddie and Pat can spoon and, and share a bed. And it'll be great. They're like, guys, we have plenty of beds. No, we'll spoon. We're good. <laughs> uh, and also, if Frogman's listening, I like your podcast. Thank you. And any any sort of feedback you can give us was uh, greatly uh, ribbit appreciated. Oh, boy. Oh, just... You really croaked on that one. Oh, God. Um, shameless plug. Uh, I just launched season four, episode one of my podcast, So Strange. So if you just cannot get enough of cryptid sightings, Bigfoots, aliens, and all things unusual. Uh, check out So Strange. You can find that anywhere you find Paranormal Dads. Uh, also, one more sh- shameless plug. Jesse and I are a co-hosts on a show called Dimensions. We've mentioned it before. Uh, we talk about strange things as well that are kind of is on our mind, and we just kind of put a little artistic spin on some... Yeah, it's like listening to a radio station from another dimension. There you go. Well, that about does it for this show, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, ribbit, ribbit. There's only one choice I have right now. Fanny pack knife. <laughs> Put it back in the fanny pack.
Welcome to a brand new episode of Paranormal Dads. I'm your special guest co-host, Jesse. Oh, no. <laughs> Me and Eddie just pointed at each other. <laughs> Who's second? Who's you? Third? You. Read the dang the, script. The co- <laughs> I know it's the co-host that's going to throw me. Honestly, say whatever. You just say I'm Jesse. I'm taking over the gosh darn show. <laughs> These guys are morons. Manicorn says, <laughs> "Welcome." Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries right here on Paranormal Dads. Yeah! Nailed it! <laughs> yes! <laughs>